This is episode number 890 with Dan Reynolds of Imagine Dragons. Welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Henry Moore said, to be an artist is to believe in life. We're all artists, if you think of it that way, if we all believe in life, if we believe in the magic of life, the, the wonders, the adventures, the ups and downs, that's what this life is. And Dan Reynolds is a singer, songwriter, and record producer who's best known as the lead singer and frontman of the Grammy Award-winning band Imagine Dragons. And he is... Uh, a liver of life for sure. He's been around the world. He's been through all the ups and downs, had a lot of pain and a lot of happiness. And uh, I'm excited to to share this episode and interview with you about him and his lessons of life. And Imagine Dragons' uh, chart-topping single, Radioactive, holds the record for the most weeks charted on the Billboard Hot 100. That's staggering. And Rolling Stone called it the biggest rocket of the year. Billboard named them their breakthrough band of 2013 and the biggest band of 2017. Dan is also the recipient of the Songwriters Hall of Fame Hall David Starlight Award. In 2018, he began to talk about his physical and mental health struggles on social media accounts and continues to offer encouraging messages of support to his fans and others struggling as well. And in this episode, we talk about the challenges of marriage and what Dan has learned about making relationships work, the powerful lessons about love that Dan learned from his family and upbringing. We talk about destigmatizing mental illness and the power of being open and honest about it, why it's important to listen to your body and advocate for your health. Dan's biggest piece of advice that he's learned from being a rock star, a family man, and an advocate for mental and physical health, and so much more. I'm excited about this. If you're a big fan of Dan or Imagine Dragons, make sure to share this with a friend, lewishouse.com slash 890. Text someone, post it on social media. You can tag me and Dan Reynolds as well, and let us know that you're listening. From now until March 19th, Whole Foods Market is running their sales event, Taste the Mediterranean. It's a store-wide, flavor-packed journey of regionally-inspired selections. Save on Mediterranean-inspired flavors like Parmigiano, Regano, Charcuterie, and Ground Lamb. Find sales on animal welfare-certified meat. Save on seafood like Whole Bronzini and sustainable wild-caught sockeye salmon. Stock up on wallet-happy Mediterranean essentials like feta cheese crumbles and whole wheat pita pockets. Wines from the sun-soaked vineyard years of Spain, Greece, and Italy start at just $8.99. Must be 21 plus. Please drink responsibly. Taste the Mediterranean now at Whole Foods Market. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cash back on everyday debit card purchases. That's right, cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cash back, and there are no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. So many of us love coffee, like the living for it type of love. Some like it hot, some like it iced with a splash of creamer, and some like it with a cold foam topping. Many of us stop into coffee shops on our way to work more often than we'd like to admit. But now, thanks to International Delight Cold Foam Creamer, you can make cold foam coffee at home, or in my team's case, in the office, and it's a game changer. I was just chatting with a teammate of mine about our love for the occasional sweet treat coffee. Sometimes, it's just the thing you need as a pick-me-up on a busy day and we just stocked our office fridge with international delight cold foam creamer and it never misses the team's favorite flavor so far is the caramel macchiato you just shake the canister and spray it into your coffee and voila you've got an incredible cold foam coffee no frothing fancy machines or mess required international delight cold foam creamer foams and creams your coffee from top to bottom the best part it works on both hot and iced coffee it comes in three foaming delicious flavors 
flavors, French vanilla, sweet and creamy, and caramel macchiato. So you can switch things up depending on your mood. Look for your favorite flavor next time you're at your grocery store and be prepared to say goodbye to your barista. International Delight Cold Foam Creamer. It's foaming delicious. I've recently joined the world of home ownership. And one thing I've learned is that there's so much more freedom with what I can do with my home, but also so many more decisions to make. Figuring out where to start on big projects like a complete room makeover can be overwhelming. But with Crate and Barrel's free interior design service, a design pro can provide design and styling help for projects big or small. Whether you're redesigning your living room, choosing a new dining room table and chairs, or even just styling a bookshelf. Work one-on-one -on -one with a design pro who will work with existing furnishings and help you choose new ones. Get 2D layouts and even 3D renderings so you can actually see your space to help you decide. Did I mention it's free? Yes. Having fun exploring the possibilities of what you can redesign or have the design desk help. Go to CrateAndBarrel.com or your local store to make an appointment with the Crate and Barrel Design Desk. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too. in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The Enhanced American Express Business Gold Card is designed to take your business further. It's packed with benefits like four times membership rewards points that adapt to your top two eligible spending categories every month on up to $150,000 in purchases per year and up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. The Amex Business Gold Card, now smarter and more flexible. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. All right, we've got uh, Dan Reynolds here. Welcome to the School of Greatness podcast, man. Super excited about this. Thank you for being here. You have been blowing up on the world with your music and your, your message. You know, your, your music is unbelievable and it's addictive. And I think it's in the top of the charts because it's so inspiring and addictive. But your message is what is interesting for me. I think there's a lot of artists that become popular but don't have a message that says something meaningful. And you have that, which is really cool and inspiring. So I'm glad you're here. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I'm curious about, as I was doing research on you, I'm curious about marriage. Because hmm. I'm a single guy. I've got a girlfriend who I've been dating for a year. Oh, nice. She's about to move in in a few weeks. Okay. It's Good been step. long distance for almost a year. And you've been married, and I read that you almost got a divorce. Yeah. Or you were talking about divorce. For seven months. Seven months, and now you're and you're still. We're back together. Yeah, now, now we've been together for about a year and a half, and have had a baby boy together in that time. So yeah, it's <laughs> a wild ride. So how long were you married? You've been married we've the been whole time for eight years. Yeah, we never got divorced, but yeah. we were going to. Uh, but then we we were separated. We kind of just learned a lot about ourselves during that time period, about six months, seven months, and then uh, we were literally going to sign the papers and went to lunch to talk about it, and then we. Ended up getting back together. <laughs> so you were separated for seven months. Were you not living together? Were you not speaking? Yeah, we were totally apart. We didn't even really talk. Other than, yeah, other than the, I was on tour for those whole seven months, and the kids would come out and visit and stay with me a couple times a month and back with her. Mm -hmm. So it, it was basically zero communication for seven months. Yeah. Wow. After being together for, at that point, six years, seven years. Seven years, I think, because I remember someone saying, oh, it's the seven-year itch or something. That, oh, whatever that right. thing is. It's like, like hard at seven years. Yeah, at seven years. Like seven months. Supposedly, seven that's the thing. Yeah. I guess seven is the unlucky number. Right. I'm the seventh son, too, of eight, oh, eight boys. I'd say you're pretty lucky. Yeah. You're not lucky. Maybe it goes both ways. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, okay, so give me some advice, if you can. I'm about to get into a more committed relationship. Mm. 
Why do you think that it got to a place where there was this disconnection yeah. or separation or lack of communication or whatever it was? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and what would you have done differently so that it didn't get to that point? I would say my best advice so far, just if I was reflecting on my relationship, for anybody it would just be, first of all, of course, communication is everything. But that's kind of cliche, right? But I would also say I had a really hard time in my life knowing what I wanted. Um, I felt like a lot of my decisions were made for me. I was raised in a really conservative family. I felt like there was this path that was kind of carved by seven boys in front of me and then I kind of had to follow it. They were all Eagle Scouts and like, it was like, this is the Reynolds way. Uh, and I fought against that my entire life. I was like the one who was getting in trouble. I was the one who had a hard time with religion, didn't really work for me. But I also didn't want to disappoint. I had all these people in front of me that were so successful and, and then, you know, they all got married and they all had kids. So, oh, I need to get married. I need to have kids. So every decision in my life, I mean, I made it. I was a victim right. of myself, really. Sure. I was being a stupid victim. But I also, at the same point, was like, I feel like I've just been forced into all these things. I'm a victim of yeah. myself. So I think where I finally made a big turn in my life is I realized that I am free to make my own decisions mm -hmm. and I'm able to actually say, well, what do I want? And am I making this decision for anyone else but for myself? So I think my first question to you would be, are you with this woman 100% just solely on the fact that you want to be? No and when I say that, of course, I'm not saying somebody's holding a gun to your head saying, right, right. but maybe there's the like pressures. pressures of like, I don't, I really love her now and I don't want to hurt her or let her, like all of that aside. Why are you just here because you want to be here yeah. every single day? Are you there every day because of that? Not because of any pressure of, I don't want to be single anymore. Or people ask me, like, why am I still single? Or do you need to be married? Or like, you get married, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So being able to get to a point in life where you really can let go. Mm -hmm. I had to get to a point where I was able to completely let go of, it's okay to disappoint people around you. Yes. It's okay to just upset everyone, you know, even if that's whatever it takes for you to be happy. Isn't that one of the hardest things is not letting other, other people down, not yeah. disappointing other people? It was my greatest strength and greatest flaw of my life was really being, I hate the term people pleaser because it just sounds so corny, but kind of, kind of what I did my whole life. Yeah. Like I'd meet someone and be like, what do I need to give this person? For them to like you. For them to like me, to feel comfortable. Like it's a good trait. Let me, let me meet you and find <laughs> out what you need from me and then I'll be a chameleon and I'll give you exactly. Oh man, isn't that crazy? Yeah, and then it just bites you in the ass and it actually hurts everybody around you. It's a pretty terrible quality to have. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> and, I But it takes a lot of release to, yeah. to realize that because you want to be polite still and kind and you, and you want conversations to be easy, but sometimes they just need to be hard. And sometimes you have to have face hard truths. And so I guess, I don't, I don't know that I have great advice other than... Um, so why did you get to the point of like, okay, we're gonna separate? Because it was solely me, it was my fault. I got to a point where I thought, um, am I sure that where I am in life right now is exactly where I wanted to be? I was like, going through a faith crisis. I'd been raised Mormon and I was like, I don't, I don't know if I believe this stuff, and, but I've been doing it for all these other people. Man, I'm like 30 years old and I don't know that I can't point at any decision. Did I marry Asia because I knew I loved her, but I was like, but do, do I know that I want to be married? Is this like wow. something that I want, right? Like, did I choose all, it sounds so selfish saying this out loud, but I'm trying to be really honest sure. with you. But I was just felt like I was in a cage and I felt very claustrophobic, um, and not because of her, she was absolutely wonderful, but because I was just a victim of feeling like I didn't have free agency my entire life, even though I totally did. You made not. the decisions, yeah. you proposed, so, yes. you got married, you could have any time backed out, but you felt this pressure from family, so, yeah, from or friends. Yeah, or for myself, my own head. So I guess my greatest advice, you know, it might not be a, a thing for you, but for me it was, I wish somebody had said to me, Dan, you don't have to do anything. You don't have to like. You don't have to move. You don't have to move in together. You don't have to be with. You don't have to be at this table right now. You don't have to be nice to me. You don't have to. You know, like. You don't have to do anything. Like, do do you, and be honest. It's gonna be okay. Like yeah. people, you'll still have friends with yeah. the people who should be your friends, yeah. and you'll still, it'll all turn out okay. And so I think that I wish somebody had just really helped me to feel okay about mm. doing 
whatever I needed to do in life or something. Did you feel a bigger sense of pressure from family during that separational period or like? No, they all were very like, like they knew Dan is unpredictable and he's a rebel. Artist. He's, do he's an artist. He's just <laughs> and he's a really like wow, what a horrible like. I definitely, I went away and I talked to nobody because I I <laughs> I genuinely felt like everybody thought well that's a shitty person and I thought nah they deserve to think that you're right. I, I really was in that. I was in a really dark dark headspace and I was like I don't free and just go be. Free, I don't care how many people hate me. I really, I don't care. Wow. Uh, the only, the hardest part for me was how much it hurt Asia. But I just had just, I knew that I, I, it wasn't a choice for me at that point. I just kind of, uh, I just had to go on a journey. You needed it, yeah. Yeah, and I almost completely lost her. I probably should have, but she went on a journey for herself and I went on a journey for myself. And it just worked out that, that we found, I for sure, and hopefully she, I can't speak for her, but found out that absolutely we wanted to be together, mm. you know, and do this. So you recommitted yeah. from a free choice, not a pressure. Yeah, it felt like it was like we we washed it all clean, and then we came back to each other, and we dated. We were like, let's let's go on a date. No commitment to me or you. Yeah, like yeah. let's go on a date. No, no, that was fun. Let's go on a second date. Right. And so it was all. It was like back to square one. Wow. Like rewind ten years previous, back to square one. That's pretty cool, man. Yeah. What was the biggest challenge you faced on tour during that time? being alone and being, you know. I can be self-destructive. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I think I was just, it was hard to, it was hard to love myself, I think. Really? Yeah, I think so. I was, I felt like a bad guy. And I just kind of was like, well, I am the bad guy, so. What, what does a bad guy do? Whatever a bad guy does, that's who I'm I am. So I'll, right I'll play the role. So I think, you know, there is a bit of that for sure. sure. Um, I don't know. This is the first time I've talked about this out loud, so I don't know. I'm still f formulating in my head exactly what it was like, but looking at it, it was it was a very important time in my life. It was the first time I felt completely free because I was like, I let go of caring. And now I'm at this new space in my life where I just, it's not that I don't, I'm not saying don't care about people. I'm just saying don't ever dictate the way that your decisions that are going to, especially your most important decisions, based on pressures of other people, your parents, your friends, they should make choices for themselves. And you should make choices for you. And if they love you, they're going to respect you. As long as you're not, like, hurting people or being a bad human being, like, you know, like, you have to make your own decisions. Have your family been supportive of the artist way that you have and the, dis the, the bad decisions right. and the good decisions, have they always been supportive and I respectful? Or is yeah, it, I think... Um, or have you had to take some distance from them at times? I never really took distance from my family. Uh, me and my mom had a, a time period where we were having a hard time communicating. It was when I was really dealing with my like, faith crisis. Yeah. And she was, she's very religious, and that was hard for me. And so sure. that, and I had like resentment, feeling like, why did you raise me in this? And then I was like, then I came to the realization. This is a whole other conversation, but I came to the realization, like, oh, she was just trying to tell me what, give me the best things that she thought she had to give me. Yeah. Like, how can I be mad at my mom for like yeah. telling me what she believes and thinking would be the best thing for me? But um, no, no, my family really, I think, I, I, it was kind of one of those things where it's like you beat someone down enough and they're like, well, that's <laughs> just the way Dan is. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. it was like, I got kicked out of college before that. I got, you know, I had, I had all kinds of things growing up that kind of got my mom to a point where she was like, I had, I feel like I tell my younger brother this, I'm like, man, you got it really easy because I broke mom in. I like really broke my parents in. They had a lot of good, good straight and narrow kids and then I came along and kind of, <laughs> yeah. Now you talk about the challenge you had with your faith. You grew up LDS. Yeah. No. Where are you at with the faith now, or what was the realization you had? I really am a spiritual person. Uh, I really I believe in spirituality. I think it's an important part of my existence, and and um, I'm on a quest. I think every day to find truth and light, and to hopefully be a light and and find truth. I think it's a dangerous concept to feel like you're at a point of arrival. I think I'm always searching, and I'm always like, wow, that, that feels true, and I like that. It doesn't feel true, I don't like that, and just kind of like listen to everyone and, and, and be open. Um, yeah. So yes. I wouldn't call myself religious. I do still identify as Mormon, 
but more culturally than anything. I think I have a lot of loyalty to that community. They're like my people. I went on a mission for two years. I like, you know, got like beat up with other missionaries. Like really? got like slurpees thrown at you. You get like spit on. You know what I mean? So it's like it kind of unites people you. People tell you to get away from me. Don't talk to me. Yeah. Just pushing you away. They don't or just talk. growing up being like a Mormon, it, it's not cool. It's never been, unless you live in Utah or something. I didn't. Then I grew up cool. in Las Vegas. Yeah. yeah, in Utah, everybody's Mormon. So it's like if you're not Mormon, hey, come you're on probably over. not cool. <laughs> But in Vegas, it's not cool to be in middle school and be like, I'm Mormon. Everybody's like, that guy's a pilgrim or something. You know, like he wears special garments. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, it doesn't, and then you get like, you know, Broadway plays that are all about right, how right. stupid you are. And they're funny. I'm not knocking yeah. like the Mormon musical, but you know, it doesn't help yeah. that you as a Mormon kid, you're like, you're dumb. You're a dummy to everyone. Yeah. You're just like everybody. You're, you're kind of like the butt of everybody's like, like joke when it comes to like religion, you know, like Mormons are freak. You're allowed to make fun of Mormons all you want. Like it's, <laughs> it's actually kind of loud that I'm like at a point where I'm like, I'm kind of on the outside. I look at it and I'm like, it kind of is. It's look. There's some things about Mormonism. Like, look, you guys are messing up on this, and I'm trying to like help with that, especially when it comes to like LGBTQ things and stuff. That's a whole other conversation. Uh-huh. But that being said, Mormons are like free game for everybody to pick on. I'm yeah. like, it's not that cool. To, it's not cool to pick on anybody. Period. But right. especially when it comes to people's religions, I'm like, why is it okay to you know like we're not allowed to pick on this religion, but we can pick on that one, but not this one. I'm like, well, all Orthodox religions are messing things up in certain ways. So either we make fun of them all or let's take it all off the table. Sure. It's a little like hypocritical, but whatever. Are you, do you have a relationship with the church or the, do they support you? Do they not, cause you're into- I, Honestly, I have no idea what the leaders of the Mormon church think about me. If they think I'm like a thorn in their side or something because of, I, I, you know, I really believe in, uh, I really firmly believe that our Orthodox religions are hurting our LGBTQ youth by telling them, hey, look, you're most innate sense of being, is flawed. What are they saying to the community? Well, it's in general, I guess. just in general, I mean, that you're telling a child that they need to love a specific way. And it's a very dangerous thing to, as I grew up with some of my friends who are Mormon and gay. And before they came out, I, th- I think anyone who was close to them, we, we yeah. knew they were, yeah, we knew, but it was like they definitely didn't talk about it because it wasn't safe for them to. They weren't, it wouldn't have been accepted in their family at all. Wow. They had a really, really hard uh, road in front of them. And I watched that, and it was hard to watch that. Much harder for them, but being their friend, your heart yeah. hurts for them, you know? And then I watched some of these, some of these guys go on missions and come back, and, and they didn't feel safe to come out till some of them were in their late 20s, 30s. And it was, and then they lost family over it, lost friends, and it was like, it's, it's devastating. So for me, just watching that, it made me feel like, ah, this is, bro- this is broken. And then you look at the stats, and it's like the number one reason for death among teenagers in Utah is suicide. Really? Mm-hmm. Suicide, and then on top of that, if LGBTQ youth aren't accepted in their home or community, they're eight times more likely to take their life. So you put those two stats together, and it's no wonder that we're losing so many LGBTQ youth to suicide. It's, it's not because they're broken. It's not because they have mental issues or something. It's because our society and our culture is broken and we've kind of created this really desolate place for them. It's like, here, let me raise you in this religion. Let me tell you from a young age that this is everything. Like, God loves you based on this or Only not. Only if you do this. Yeah. If you do this. And by the way, if you are LGBTQ, you know, you're, you, can, you can still be religious, but just be celibate or or hide it and then have un- it's like you're setting them up for a really unhealthy lifestyle that's yeah. just impossible to live by so and someone who's unable to share their truth whether it's right or wrong good or yeah. bad if you're not able to express your truth or who you feel like you are in that moment is setting people up for big failure if yeah. we're unable to share how we feel express ourselves now I'm curious what do you feel like is your truth after all these mm. you know years of trials and tribulations and ups and downs and marriage and almost divorce and yeah. back together and kids. And yeah, I, I feel like... Religion I, and non-religion. Right, right. I don't feel like I have a, 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 like a core, like, this, are, this is the truth. Like I said, I, lots of little truths. But I think um, my main principle that I try to abide by is... 
You can claim victory in sports, on the job site, even on your taxes by switching to H&R Block. Block offers many ways to file to fit your schedule. A 100% accurate return on your max refund or your money back. Plus, you'll always know the price of your tax prep before you begin. Switch today and feel like a tax champion. This tax season, it's better with Block. Make an appointment at hrblock.com. Disclaimer, all tax situations are different. Not everyone gets a refund. Limitations apply. Description of benefits and details at hrblock.com slash guarantees. My career not only requires me to travel, but also gives me the freedom to. Traveling has brought me so many positive experiences and memories. Like that time I spent the holidays at an Airbnb in Big Bear with some of my extended family, and it was the perfect way to come together and connect with my family that I don't see that often. If you have a similar setup that allows you to travel often, have you ever thought about your empty home while you're gone? More specifically, how you can make some extra money by keeping your home occupied while you're out of town. I'm a big advocate for setting up a side hustle to give Give you an extra stream of income and Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start. Many people host on Airbnb, including some friends of mine, but there are some people out there who've never even realized their space could be an Airbnb. Hosting can easily fit into your lifestyle and it's a great way to earn some extra money. So if you have a home, but you're not always at home, you've got yourself an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host. The carb fear is real these days, but why does it feel like the carb-heavy foods are what we tend to love the most? After years of wishing there was a better go-to option when the carb craving hits, I finally discovered Hero Bread. Hero Bread makes those same delicious bready favorites free of consequences or compromises. Now get this, Hero Bread has zero to one grams of net carbs, zero grams of sugar, and is high in fiber. They've got an option for every craving, including sliced bread loaves, tortillas, and buns. So you can still enjoy that soft, fluffy experience you love when having a refreshing BLT, savory breakfast burrito, or delicious cheeseburger. Hero Bread also does small batch drops each month of indulgent favorites like the 2-gram net carb Hero Croissant or the 1-gram net carb Hero Cheddar Biscuit. Now, Hero Bread looks, feels, and tastes just like any other bread you'd get at the grocery store, which is exactly what I was hoping for. Their white sliced bread is so good, and every time I make a sandwich with it, I can't believe something that tastes this good is actually adding extra protein to my meal. Don't give up on being a breadhead. Hero Bread is offering 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use code greatness at checkout. That's greatness at H-E-R-O dot C-O. It's a simple concept and it's been said a million times, but I really try to meet people and just say, you know what? They were raised with whatever came, you know, however you were raised, how would I have been if I was that person? I would probably be worse than that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'd probably have been a worse human yeah. being than them. So I think, you know, it's like everybody is living in this world right now where everyone's screaming at each other. They're like, stupid Republicans! And the Republicans are like, stupid Democrats! And like, the religious people are stupid atheists, stupid religious people. It's like, right. But if you were just born in a different state or a different home or different city yeah, or different, yeah, you just would be different. And so it's so silly to me that we're spending our entire existence as humans mocking each other based solely upon where you were born, what you were born into. It's not someone's choice. They just were born to be gay or they were just born to be you don't have this choice to be raised in this yeah. family that's baptist or raised like whatever it is like how can you judge someone off that yeah. it's really silly how can you even judge them if they're in their 40s and they have all the free will in the world and they're still doing that maybe you would have maybe you would still be doing all those exact same things as that yeah. person or maybe so. in some area of your life you're still that way you're still fixed in a way and based on how you were raised right and you haven't chosen a different way. Yeah. Or a so, new belief. Yeah. yeah, so I guess my just true abiding principle is just to realize, you know, realize that and just love people. Just just come at come at things with love and compassion. Compassion. And if, look, if someone's gonna burn you like three times in a row or whatever it is, like, you know, then don't take time for that person. Yeah, they're not for you. <laughs> yeah, they're not for you. Spend time with someone else. Yeah. Who would you say was your uh, greatest teacher growing up? My mom and dad, for sure. 
my dad just quietly has worked his entire life. He stills working in his late 70s or something. Mm. Well, I'm sorry if I got that wrong, Dad. I think <laughs> mid 70s. Yeah. Um, He's he just worked his whole life. He's a quiet guy who grew up on a farm, kind of farm boy mentality, hardworking, very conservative Mormon father who just has, you know, believed strongly in the things he believes and was a great dad and, and is a great dad. And, um, and my mom was very outspoken, very intelligent, very, like, strong, strong woman. Yeah. Um, Could have done anything, was like the valedictorian over college I think that's has a different term for it I don't know what it's called but yeah. could have gone into medicine and done a lot of great things and uh, she decided to have nine kids instead and what was the greatest lesson she taught you to love I think yeah like true empathy true love like I uh, I was talking at this seminar the other day that was in Utah actually and it was a LGBTQ summit we had this part where we were talking to parents, um, and I don't know why I'm not qualified to talk about any of these things as like a cisgender straight man, but I am, was raised Mormon, so I could speak to that a little bit and things like that. But anyway, so I'm speaking to these people and um, was talking about how the second a parent says, I love you, but mm. it's just not love. The second anybody in your life, the second anybody says this, if your girlfriend says this to you, anybody, I love you, but... This is my view on something. That, that, that's not what love is. It's just not. So your LGBTQ child, I love you, but religion tells me that it's, that's not love. Love is just, I love you. That's it. That's the end of the conversation. That's love. Otherwise, it's not love. And that's something my mom taught me. Yeah. Because I was really difficult. I was a difficult child, and she, she just, had to love yeah, you. <laughs> and, she, and she loved me. There was no but at there the was, end of No, her I never felt you. but from her. She strongly wanted me to do things. She strongly wanted me to be a good Mormon boy and be an Eagle Scout and go on a Mormon mission. And, yeah. But um, she, she, was, she didn't force me to do it. As I get older, I, I, you know, if you would ask me this two years ago, I'd have been like, my mom forced me to go on a mission or something. But I, as I get older, I look back, and I'm like, you know, I could have said no to any of it. She wouldn't have kicked me out. She might have been disappointed or maybe disappointed, yeah. or And, you know, she strongly, you know, emphasized things, but I, I had a choice, yeah. and I made my choice. Yeah, even though there was a lot of pressure and you felt like you wanted yes. to please your mom, yes. that was more a reflection of you than her. Yes, yes, good point. Right, yep. yeah, I mean, I, mean yeah. I can relate to that. What, you know, you started opening up about seeing therapist uh, or therapy yeah. and depression, and... Some people might say, man, you were at the top of the world. You were like the biggest artist. Right. Number one hit songs for, I don't know, a thousand weeks in a row. Whatever it is, like you're, you're touring the world, sold out arenas. How could someone like that right. ever feel depressed or ever feel lonely or insecure mm. when they have everything that I could imagine wanting myself? Yeah, I think it's a really redundant thing. It feels like to say this, but I'm just going to say it because it's a real big truth for me. Uh, happiness does not come from achievements. It just doesn't, it doesn't, I, I won't say happiness doesn't come from some money. There's like a, I, I will <laughs> say this. Yeah, there's like. To make 50 what, grand a yeah. year, you're like, okay. You have enough money for, for, to do the things you want to do, for the most part, you know, like buy that little thing you want to, you've always wanted to buy, like yeah, your yeah. bike that you want to go mountain biking with, have your house or have an apartment, mm -hmm. have food, like those things, absolutely. Anybody who tells you money doesn't make you happy, I would say, I call BS. You're wrong. <laughs> I've been so broke with when my wife and I got married. We were totally broke musicians, both of us living in a one bedroom studio apartment that we barely could afford. In Vegas or where we go? In uh, in LA, actually, okay. in Hollywood. Because we were trying to break into the scene, so we both. What year is this? Or? This is 2009. So 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, something like that. 2009. With a baby sleeping in the closet and no med medical insurance and like we just it was a really you know scary time for us but we and so we were happy but we were very stressed so it's so yeah, yeah. anyway so money, so money, a little bit of money absolutely important yeah, yeah. but um sorry what was the question um, when people are asking like oh, how yes, could someone like you be depressed when you okay. have all this. Right. So I'll, I'll sweep back before that. So when I was in like middle school slash high school, I started to really deal with serious depression and anxiety. Uh -huh. um, and the way I describe that is because I know some people are like, well, I've heard people who, who are you really depressed. Yeah, or are you just, you just anxious? Are you just sad? And I'm like, no, depression is not just sadness. Depression is like, the way I'd explain it to someone who's never experienced depression is numbness, grayness, a loss of interest in 
every single thing that usually gave you excitement to do, like whatever sports or music, whatever it is, I just, it was like, I just went numb. And I just felt like my existence was a cloud. Like I felt when people talked to me, I could hardly even engage. I could hardly even listen. Totally antisocial. All these things that come with major depressive disorder were happening to me. I don't know if it was some genetic thing. I don't know if it was a trigger from dealing with my spiritual crisis. I don't know if it was a matter of just being Dan Reynolds. I don't know what it was. But it just, I should have been happy. I had a really great life, I, you know. Um, but that doesn't indicate whether or not some people get depression. So went to a therapist, dealt with therapy for many years, helped me a lot. In, in middle school, high school? Uh, yes, high school. Gotcha. Um, helped me a lot. Went to a therapist while I was on my Mormon mission. Came home from my mission. Went to a therapist. I still go to a therapist today, mm-hmm. and it's made all the difference for me. Absolutely. So, but when you grew, when you're a child of the '90s and you grew up, then it was very different. It was like, yeah. don't talk about being don't depressed because yeah. if you're depressed, then you're weak. Or don't That's talk kind about of what your it was. feelings, or that you're sad, or yeah. lonely, or insecure. Right, because then people are like, oh, that person, like, right, we're the normal people over here, right. and that he's, weird. he's the depressed guy. You know what I mean? It's like it's definitely was super stigmatized. Yeah, like we're better now a little bit, but then it was like nobody's talking about seeing yeah. a therapist. I That's know. not cool at all. So. One of the first things I really wanted to start talking about to help destigmatize as good as I could now, which a lot of people are doing, which I think is fantastic, is saying, I have a therapist, dealt with depression, dealt with anxiety, part of my life. Because yeah. if someone were saying that to me when I was in like high school or something, oh my gosh. It's normal. Yeah, I was like, okay. oh, that person I look up to, like who has it all, who has it all, is still depressed just like me. Oh my gosh. Ooh, it's it's going to be all right, you know? Yeah, I feel like um, it's been a battle for... Man, you know, I grew up, I was born in 83, so I grew up in the 80s and 90s, and I, I wasn't even allowed to really, like, put my arm around a friend, like a guy friend, right. without being called fag, gay, right. wussy, weak, yep. little girl, whatever the term was, mm-hmm. you know, just a buddy, like in the locker, just toxic locker masculinity on the sports teams, and I, I wrote a book a couple of years ago that came out called The Mask of Masculinity, which is about how men can be more vulnerable and how vulnerability is the key to healing and to freedom cool. for men. And I opened up about being raped as a kid and what that effect had on me um, growing up in relationships and just like not being able to talk about that for 25 years. And I've talked about it a lot now, but not being able to talk about anything, any type of pain or insecurity anything or vulnerable. Impact, anything. Because yeah. I didn't feel like I could ever share with anyone. Other, if I put my arm around a guy and I was called a negative name, just like a little bit of friendship, or if I started to talk about something I was insecure about, it was like, get away from me. Yeah. So imagine someone who's gay, and it's not being accepted, not being able to do it, right? Yeah. You, you understand that, so. Totally. And I remember I was just like, I always felt like I couldn't share things that actually happened, because I would never be accepted or loved. And the moment I started opening up about it, which was about six years ago, started opening up to my friends, family, and then publicly, like the pain started to go away and I started to become less of a prisoner of the fear because I put it out there. And I think when men, specifically who don't like to open up, learn how to open up and be more vulnerable, even just with a therapist in a private setting. I'm not right. saying say this publicly to the world, right? but when we start to open up, you said you start to feel better. Totally. You, you can manage the anxiety or depression or negative thoughts or insecurities, yep. right? Yep. Why do you think so many people still today don't share how they feel with even someone where it's confidential? Why don't they seek that out? Why do they try? Why do we try to hold it? Yeah, in? I mean, it, look, it's it, first of all, like we said, it's something that has just been a part of like toxic masculinity yeah. for a long time. You can't be vulnerable. You need to be a strong man that's just perfect and put together, and and the woman needs to be this, and yeah, here's yeah. a feminine quality, and this is a man. Right. Like, there's no in between. There's no anything. It's just you're either this or that. That, for sure. I also think today it's, it can be really unhealthy social media. It can be really unhealthy. It's I think so people spend a comparison. Lot, yes, people spend a lot of time on it, and they scroll through these pictures, and they look, and they're like, let's click on this family. Wow, they look beautiful in every picture. <laughs> these perfect. Wow, look at the beach. They're, like, they're traveling a lot. We need to travel more. We haven't traveled in a while. I haven't gone on a vacation in a while. These people are on vacation all the time. Hey, look at this person. Oh, my gosh, she looks so great in makeup all the time. Why? Do, right. I don't look like that when I put my makeup on. Like It's like this. These thoughts are going through everybody's mind all the time. And that creates this real false narrative that there are people out there that if you just could be, 
they're just great. They're fantastic. They wake up every day and they're like, hell yeah, this is great. I love myself. I look so good. I'm going to go on a vacation every day. Like, it's yeah, like, yeah. no, that's not, that doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. And, and then people get into this dangerous thing where they're like, if I get that, then this. And then you get that. And let me tell you what happens when you get that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. If I get that, then this. If I get that and it just goes on nonstop, you it's never, never feel enough. fulfilled. It's never, it's not even that it's enough. It's not even like there's a tank and you're filling it a little bit. It's actually just tank stays at zero. <laughs> it's literally the bowl. It's emptier and emptier. You're still yes. climbing. You're just, if you're looking for achievements, now don't get me wrong, it feels incredibly great when you're like working for a, some like job and you get that job that you've always wanted. Like, yes, absolutely. But that's not what happiness is. It's a moment of that. Yes. Then you got the rest of your life to yes. be happy and choose it. Yes. Oh, now I need that promotion. I really don't like this job until I get that promotion. You know, it's always, there's just, it's a do you feel like race. Do you feel like it's amplified for artists who are on massive stages with the pressure? Uh, he was just talking about that he was a photographer for a big artist. I won't say her name, but mm. stopped working with her. And, and just the toxicity of the industry of the jealousy and the competition oh, it's and such the a pressure to, I remember interviewing Steve Aoki and I was like, what's your biggest fear? And this was like the height a couple of years ago of his documentary and just like tour every night of the, of the year. And he goes, staying relevant mm. was his biggest fear yeah. that he shared on the podcast. He's a really nice guy. Like Super nice guy. He's like, you know, the fear of like just being relevant. Are people going to want to listen to my stuff like yeah. in a week, in a month, in a year? Are people still going to like my music? Is it still interesting for people? Yeah, and, it could be the pressure of like once you're up there, it's almost more pressure to stay and get bigger, not decline. Right. Right. Oh yeah, for sure. It was, it, the saddest part to me of the industry is these are a bunch of artists that are sharing. The, the whole point of artistry is you're sharing a really vulnerable part of you. <laughs> you're like, let me tell you all what I write in my journal at night. Yeah. That's basically what it is. It's yeah. like here's my journal. These are the things I'm writing. By the way, let me go to the rooftop and say it to everybody. And so the second that becomes a competition of like, oh. This person's journal, and especially when it's, people are like, it's not subjective. It is completely subjective. People well, like whose it or not. journal do you want to listen to? That's <laughs> going to be a subjective thing. Whose journal's better than other people? That's going to be a subjective yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. So the second artists are, and then when artists are turning on each other, oh. um, it's just it makes me sad. And that is something about the industry, and I and I watch people just get torn apart because they'll they'll express their most heartfelt thing and and then it's just it just is uh people just eat it out they just criticize it they'll judge it they're like this guy sucks this girl's no good whatever and just pour your heart this is cooler this is not as cool there's a lot of great art and songs and movies that have stemmed from an emotional pain or suffering seeming Mm. where people talk about their pain and it becomes this beautiful hit where people relate to it it's a number one bestseller whatever do you believe it's more powerful to create from a place of pain or love? Mm, that's a great question. Which one is more sustainable? I well, I would say I've definitely written a lot more from pain than love. I'm, I had written very few love songs. <laughs> so I don't know that I'm the best person to ask this question to because I don't have a whole, I've, I have a really hard time writing a love song without feeling like, oh, this just doesn't feel right. It's not authentic. Or yeah, real. it's just like, I don't, I'm not going to write a song just to write a song. Don't get me wrong, I've written a few love songs, but if I were to put it on paper, it's like 90% of Imagine Dragons songs are like pain. Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're like, epic though, you're like, yeah. <laughs> there's like 5% of like, just I'm completely happy, oh, like bliss. Yeah, like on top of the world. Life is amazing. I, just, I just felt great. And then there's like the five percent of love songs. But so for me, I remember I was talking with one of my friends the other day, and he was telling me that he was having a really hard time writing. And I was asking him why, and he said, "Well, because I'm really happy." Oh man, <laughs> so I'm just really happy. And so all the songs he was turning out, he just thought he felt like he was reaching for something. I'm not saying you can't write a song when you're really happy, but maybe it's more just like in a peaceful state. I don't know that art, it, it does exist. And some people are in like total Zen mode, probably writing great songs and poetry and stuff. But I, I would think that most art comes from pain. If I had to, if I'm just guessing, I guess most art comes from a place of insecurity, pain, hurt, questioning. And then love is maybe second, you know, on the list. I don't know. That's just what I listen to. Yeah. So maybe I'm just, uh, it's just a product of what I choose to listen to. Sure. No. 
What is your greatest fear? Well, if I were to say my greatest fear on just a level, like I think there's like two levels of fear. Sure. There's like there's fears that are like the common like spiders, or something, no, you know, and, yeah, and yeah. then there's the fears that are like deep fears. Yes. So on the common fears, I would say I'm very claustrophobic. Yeah. I real I don't want to get stuck in an elevator or in a coffin. That for me is like, oh, man. like I've had one time where I was stuck in an elevator and it was. I was literally, it was like banging. Like, yeah, and it was like only 30 seconds or something. <laughs> and I I'm going to die like, in here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was intense. I can't oh, even man. talk about it without getting the chills. But, uh, oh, so that's that would be like the, the trite fear. But I, a deep fear for me is losing people I love, for sure. That, that I know that a lot of people say that, but for me... That authentically, I've lost, I've lost quite a few, maybe an unusual amount of friends over really? the years. To, yes, to um, drug abuse, um, to suicide, uh, or cancer. Those three things. Those seem to be just a prevalent source of just. They're just like these demons that are lurking over all my friends and family throughout the, the years. I yeah. said this to. Um I don't know if you know Lindsay Sterling. Yeah, uh, yeah. But she's she's LDS. The violin player, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was on about a year ago, and her, you know, she had some deaths in her her family and her life. And I was talking to her about it. I was like, you know what? One of my fears is I've met so many people, just like you, or I've interviewed so many people. I've become friends with people. I've had so many friends in sports and business and all walks of life, and not many people have died. Right. And I don't know what it's going to be like losing someone. And like, eventually, I'm going to die or they're going to die. Right. And if I'm alive, someone's going to die at some point. Yeah. How do you handle grieving death of someone who's close or even maybe right. not that close, but just people you interact with and are friends with? You know, I wish I knew the answer. I'm going really through something right now where I'm really trying to make peace with that. I'm like frantically searching for some set of peace. Um, some way to make peace with the people I've lost. I like just started reading this book, Proof of Heaven. I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm looking for, I'm for like, any, someone, please any tell truth. me. Yeah, but I think that's that's an important part of life because otherwise I was just stagnant, kind of. I was yeah. just like, ah, oh, what? You know, we're gonna live, and then you're like, I'm gonna live forever. You just you're not thinking that no, you know, it's going to get to a point in your life tipping. Isn't it obnoxious when companies have those sneaky gotchas? hiding deep in the fine print or bills that seem to go up for no dang reason? Like when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying even more than you would have elsewhere? At Metro by T-Mobile, there's nada yada yada. That means no contracts, no price hikes, no surprises. They don't even want me to speed through the legal, so here it is. When they say no price hikes when you join, they mean your price will never increase for talk, text, and smartphone data plans. Their only exclusions are for limited time promos, per-use charges, and third-party services. I guess that really is nada yada yada. At Metro by T-Mobile. Nada yada yada. You can't always trust your gut, like those times when it tells you to have that extra piece of cake or when it tells you to skip your morning routine and sleep in another hour. Probiotics can't help with most of your gut decisions, but if your gut needs a little support, Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Ritual invested in a study modeling the human colon, which showed their Symbiotic Plus significantly increased microbial diversity and the the growth of beneficial bacteria. Rigorously tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO, project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. Personally, I love Ritual's Symbiotic Plus because it keeps my gut feeling balanced and it's super convenient. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 20% off your first month for a limited time at Ritual.com. Dot com slash greatness. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's Ritual.com slash greatness for 20% off. Point where you're going to start to lose people around you, whether it's you get older and it's just heart attacks and things like that, or if you make friends with a lot of people who apparently, uh, you know, have whatever it's drugs or whatever it is, like me, I've lost quite a few friends to that. So, um, what do you do about it? I, I, I don't have a great answer for it other than, um, I just 
choose to believe that I'm gonna see them again. Mm. I ch- and and uh, I know a lot of people are like, you know, there's a lot of atheists who are like, why choose to believe in BS? And I, I went through a phase actually where I was really at that point. I was very like angry about religious people and very angry towards anyone who believed in it. I was like, just, just what? You know what? It's funny because I turned into the person. It was one of the first people I met on my mission. Walked up to me and said, "He, he was like, look <laughs> at you, day. this missionary." He was like, "I just want to tell you, kid, religion is for weak people." Oh, so <laughs> your first me, day. First day. You're like goes, you're at 19. Religion, yeah, you're on the street. Like, hello, I'm Elder Reynolds. Yeah, Can I teach you about you know the sure. Jesus Christ, Latter Day Saints? And this guy just looked at me and said, religion is for weak people. And I was just like, dagger. Oh. He's like, just people who can't handle the truth. Oh. So I went through this phase where I was, I was there. I was like, you know what? Psst, all these people like making up these things just because they can't face the harsh reality of life. You're going to live and then you're going to die. You're going to be nothing. You're just nothingness in this green. Like I definitely went through that phase. And I'm not knocking on people who are there because it's just as possible that that's the truth. There's something else. Like any, What I have a problem with is when people tell me, I know it's this. That's, you don't I, know. Yeah, that's what bothers me. Either way, I, no I, one I'm knows. I'm just as bothered yeah, yeah, yeah. by the atheist telling me that they know as I am as the Mormon I telling know. me they know. Like, I don't want anybody to tell me they know as a fact. No, I just, yeah. Let's just all settle on the fact that we don't know 100%. Yes, yes. Okay, so I went through that phase, and now I'm at a place where I have had, I've had one experience that I can really look to that I was like, I don't, I don't know how to explain that. And it gives me a little bit of hope in a... Mm-hmm. In a, in a in a cool way that I always wanted. My whole life, I was like, God, if you're there. Like, I would pray every day. I'm like, God, as a Mormon kid, like, Show God, me give me what is going on with my family. They all believe in this thing because I guess you're answering their prayers, but you're certainly not answering my prayers. <laughs> like, just wiggle my bed or, yeah, like, yeah. just do Turn something. the lights on. Or, yeah, yeah <laughs> something. And I'm relentlessly, I prayed for that. Nothing. And then, you know, you're always taught at church. It's like, well, the miracle seekers never get the miracle. I'm like, well, what the hell? Am I, like, supposed to not want an answer yeah. then? And then I get the answer? Like, you just can't win, you know? Sure. So, um, <laughs> so yeah. But now I'm in a place where I've had certain things happen where I do. I, I, I feel a closeness to some people who have passed. Yeah. Like, yeah. And some people can call it emotion, whatever. That, and that might be the truth. But for me... I feel like there's something more. And I tell my daughter that, you know. That's I tell cool. my kids that, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. You got a, a few more questions, okay? Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> she's like, talk about ankylosing spondylitis, yeah, yeah, I get you. I get you. God, there's so many things I want to ask you, but I want to respect for your time. I can tell you a little bit of health. Health. Okay. So, there was many, so let me just tell you about all my problems. Yeah. I'm try to tell you. <laughs> let me complain. So, the, the biggest things, the things that I'm most passionate about are the LGBTQ community because of the reason I explained. Yeah. Um, obviously, religion and talk of those things are important to me, and that's just interesting to me. I yeah. really like to talk about that. Aliens, I like aliens a lot. I get into that with you later, but. Sure. Um, Another interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mental health is important to me because of the reason I explained, and then physical health is actually yeah. super important to me. Yeah, because you was, dealt with something. Yes, yeah. yes. So I was diagnosed with two diseases in my 20s, mm. ulcerative colitis and ankylosing spondylitis, which are both autoimmune diseases. But I was undiagnosed for many years, mm-hmm. which is super frustrating. Anybody who has some magical thing going on that's horrible to their body and nobody knows what it is, and you're seeing the doctors who are supposed to know, and they either don't know or they have crazy egos and they pretend to know, Give which is even worse. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like, oh, that doctor, you went and saw blah, blah, blah. No wonder you didn't get an answer. He's really stupid. I could tell you what it is. It's sciatica. And yeah, I was yeah. having all these crazy back issues that came out of nowhere. No point of injury, didn't do anything. It just, suddenly I was just having extreme back pain in my SI joints, just like unexplained back pain. Lots of morning stiffness, couldn't sleep at night. And it was right when the band was just starting to break. So it was like, I couldn't perform. So I was like, oh great, I worked so hard for this my entire life and now it's just gonna fall apart. Wow. So finally I went after a couple years to a rheumatologist, which I wish I had done earlier. And I was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis, got treatment for it, changed my whole life. Now I'm able to do all the things I want, live a great, healthy, wonderful life. So that's my last thing that I'm really, really focused on right now, which is I'm part of this campaign called, if you go to monsterpainintheas.com, you can take a three-minute quiz and find out relatively, if it's possible, it sounds like that you have AS. And then it'll refer you to a rheumatologist in your area. If I would have had that, it would have literally years of pain changed. So for, for me, I just, 
I really am frustrated that there's a disease that millions of people have and that millions of people probably have right now that's undiagnosed and they're just living with it and going to doctors just like me who don't know what ankylosing spondylitis is. Mm. I understand it's a mouthful, but it's actually a pretty common disease. Yeah. So we need to make it mainstream and this campaign search. So for do people that. That, that maybe feel like they have something going on in their immunity or their system, go to this place to take the quiz to see if this You're might having be. unexplained back pain, period. If you oh, have okay. unexplained back, back pain, pain, go to Monster. It, it cannot serve you wrong to go to monsterpainas.com. Take a, literally, it's like a two minute. It took me like two seconds to do. It's like, like there's certain indicators that show, okay, this isn't like a point of back injury. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is actually more likely an autoimmune thing or an inflammatory thing. Um, so, And it'll tell you whether or not in the next steps of what to do. Yeah, and it'll find a rheumatologist for you right in your area. Yeah. It's, it's literally, it's just, I just wish I had it available yeah. to me. Yeah. So, or if you hear a friend who says, I always got this back pain, totally. tell them to go to the world. Absolutely. And it manifests itself different than other people. Some people it's in their neck. Yeah. Some people it's in their ankles. So if you have unexplained inflammatory pain in your body, yeah, go there. Might as well. It takes a couple minutes. Um, you said you moved out here roughly around 2009. Yeah. It's the end of 2019. I live back in Vegas now. I was here for a while. Yes, yes. Back in Vegas, yeah. But you moved out here to kind of start your career yeah. in 2009. Is that fair to say? Yeah. So it's been a decade of you on the journey of pursuing this career, this dream, blowing up, being where you're at now. It's been a decade, and we're about to start a new decade. Mm. 2020. Right. It's the start of a new decade. It's, you know, perfect vision, 2020. Right. Okay. So based on the last decade of your life, with all the challenges, ups and downs, from the religious questioning, family, marriage, being a father, you know, rock star, superstar, success, injury, all this stuff, to failure, ma- failure to mastering your health, <laughs> to being the bad boy, to, you know, all these different things. What was the the greatest lesson you learned in the last decade, moving Mm. into 2020, perfect vision, new decade? Great question. I would say listening. I feel like we live, if there's anything I want to implement in the next decade of my life, it's just listening more Um, and actually having conversation that leads to progress. I think we live in a a nation right now, especially that's so divided because people are just name calling. Mm -hmm. No one's listening. No one's taking time to actually say, this is what I think. Now, what do you think? Why do you think that? Let's let's actually really get into the nitty gritty of that. I just think that that, I wish there was just more listening. I wish I listened more. I, I want to like, be in a conversation with anybody at any time and give it a hundred. Like that's, I really am trying to make more of an effort to just be present to, yeah. I say all this as I'm telling you. I'm like thinking in my head, I'm like, (laughs) I really want to listen. Let me tell you all the reasons you need to listen. (laughs) It's great, man. Um, This is a question I ask at the end called the three truths to everyone. So imagine it's your last day on earth many years from now. You get to live as, old as you want to live, but eventually you got to pass. And you've achieved every dream you can think of. Mm. You make all the art you want to make, and you help all the people, and you do all the things, and it all happens. But for whatever reason, you got to take all of your art, creative writing, videos, content you put out in the world with you. So no one has access to your words, music, Mm. this conversation, gone. Hypothetical question. But you get to leave behind a piece of paper and you get to write down three things you know to be true from your entire life. The three greatest lessons that you would leave behind for anyone to be remembered by you. And this is all they would have to remember you by. Right. What would you say are those three truths or three lessons that you would want to share with the world? Jeez, that's heavy. It's a school of greatness, not a school of average. That's heavy. Uh, well, first of all, I would try to be just short in my explain because people's nobody's gonna read this yeah (laughs) yeah uh i think the first thing i would say that's the obvious thing uh that was the quickest thing that i've learned in my life was love completely um yeah just love completely like everybody you meet give them complete love acceptance and um yeah that would be one okay I think two would be love yourself. Mm. Yeah. 
I think yeah, that sounds like it'd be covered in one, but I think I'd reiterate no, it in two because big. it just needs to be said. I have had a really hard time coming to terms with myself, loving myself. Mm. I think that's really, really important to love yourself. Uh, and three, do more of what makes you happy. Mm. Yeah. I think uh, it's easy to feel guilty because you're, you need to do more of, you know, I don't know. I just think do more of what makes you happy. Like you just, it's not, I'm not, I, I know that sounds selfish to some people, but it might make you extremely happy to serve others, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah, of course. that might make you super happy. It makes me happy. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm great at it, but I, it makes me happy. So do more of what makes you genuinely happy. Yeah. Maybe I'd throw in genuinely because it's like, it's going to take you a little bit to learn actually what makes you happy. <laughs> right. You might think it's just eating like Eggo McMuffins every day or whatever Watching those Netflix, are. Yeah. Eggo McMuffins, that's not a thing. Eggo Muffins. Eggo Muffins. Eggo McMuffins. That sounds like a great product. Eggo McMuffins. That's where I was lost. Sorry. But yeah, what genuinely makes you happy. Probably those three things. I love that, man. I want to acknowledge you, Dan, for a second for being a great listener for showing up and listening to your audience, for being someone who is a, is a humble servant. You know, as much as you're off on the road and, and pursuing your passion, you're lifting so many people up and you're able to share this type of message vulnerably when a lot of people in your position, I don't think, open up like this. It's gonna help a lot of people. And I know you do this on stage and on tour and you do events just speaking about this for communities that really need this. So I acknowledge you for your heart, your ability to listen to your own truth, yourself, and um, for spreading so much love to so many people. So I acknowledge you for that, man. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, of course. Right back at you. You Thank got a you, great man. spirit about you, Thank and you, I really man. appreciate it in my time here. How can we support you in other ways? We How can we follow you online? Where can we go? And uh, Where do you like to hang out? Instagram the most? Or? Yeah, you know, I do a little Instagram and Twitter. I don't know. That's just Dan Reynolds, I think, for both. With your tours coming up. Yeah. Can... We're going to be off the road for a little bit. Don't have to worry about that. I feel like the world has had enough of Madden Dragons for a little bit. You can take a break from that. You can go to Love Loud, loveloudfest.com. If you want to look at the LGBTQ festival we put on every year, we've raised yeah. good money for great uh, charities. Salt great Lake? people. Is that Salt Lake? Or is that... It's around Utah. Sometimes we do Salt Lake. Sometimes more in like the southern Utah area. And... Uh, monsterpaininas.com if your back's hurting you like that's it man yeah I think just check, re- it out. check in on your your health and be good to mm-hmm. yourself listen to this guy he sounds like he knows what he's doing he's got a good heart so <laughs> love it man the last question is what's your definition of greatness definition of greatness I'd say true humility mm. like the people I respect the most and I'm like that person is great I think of like my dad mm. I think of people who just and it's, I say true humility because there's a lot of false humility and people like, oh, but it's hard to find somebody who really just spends their whole life mm. just making other people around them feel good. Yeah. Because they just, that's what they do. Yeah. And I look at those people and I'm like, that's a leader to me. Mm. Every time, like, yeah, that's it for me. That's it, man. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, bro. Appreciate All right, man. Thank you, man. I hope you got some valuable insights from this episode with Dan. Such an inspiration, uh, a wealth of knowledge from all of his experience. I mean, the guy has been through so many different challenges, so many different ups and downs, traveled the world. He's been through it all, from nearly getting divorced to having multiple kids to uh, having different phases in his life that were good, that were challenging, to, uh, again, experiencing what it was like to be famous all over the world and to sing and perform in front of tens of thousands of people and so much more the guy's been through a lot he's got a lot of lessons and if you enjoyed this share it with one friend text someone today lewishouse.com slash 890 share it on social media get the message out there you can be a champion and a hero in someone's life by helping them improve their life with this interview you never know who you're going to impact you never know whose life could change from this wisdom so make sure to share it and get the message out there. If this is your first time, please subscribe over on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. I'd love to hear from you of what you enjoyed about this, how we can make this podcast better, and any other types of suggestions or recommendations you have, go to Apple Podcasts, click subscribe on the School of Greatness, and leave us a review so we can learn more about you and what you liked about this show. 
Also, shoot me a text with the word podcast over at 614-350-3960. I'm connecting with intimate group of people who are texting me over there. Uh, that's my community platform where I'm getting back to people one by one, doing my best. I get hundreds of messages a day there, but I'm sending micro audio messages of inspiration every single week. So if you want to get on my inspirational um, voice memo and text messaging platform, then again, text me the word podcast at 614-350-3960. A big thank you again to our sponsors today, lendingclub.com slash greatness. Again, you can check your rates in minutes and borrow up to $40,000 at lendingclub.com slash greatness. Make sure to check them out. They're the number one peer-to-peer lending platform with over $35 billion in loans issued. And also, netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, you can get your free guide, the seven key strategies to grow your profits by going to netsuite.com slash greatness. That's N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash greatness. As Henry Moore said in the beginning, to be an artist is to believe in life. Well, in that case, anyone who believes in life is an artist and this world is a beautiful canvas that you get to play and explore every single day and bring your art to life. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Share it with a friend. Subscribe over on Apple Podcast. And as always, you know what time it is. It's time to go out there and do something great. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Dental Associates of Northern Virginia redefine what it means to visit the dentist. Get top-quality, personalized support from committed experts who prioritize the well-being and satisfaction of you and your family. Care is centered on a highly personalized treatment plan backed by the trust and support of long-lasting relationships. Schedule your next appointment by visiting dental1-va.com slash offer slash Sirius XM. a different tomorrow with Norwegian Cruise Line. Book today and get 50% off your cruise to Alaska, Europe, and beyond. Plus, everyone can enjoy their vacation with free unlimited open bar, free specialty dining, and more. Visit ncl.com, call your travel advisor, or 1-888-NCL-CRUISE. Offer ends soon. Norwegian Cruise Line. Ships Registry, the Bahamas and USA. Restrictions apply. The rest of my life gonna start today. I'm Roman Mars, host of 99% Invisible. I'm excited to be teaming up with Lexus GX and SiriusXM on some very special 99PI episodes. We're heading to some of the cities in the U.S. that have special meaning for me and exploring the ways that these cities marry form and function. To learn more about the Lexus GX and SiriusXM and Lexus vehicles, visit Lexus.com slash GX and SiriusXM.com slash Lexus trial. The all-new Lexus GX. Live up to it. Check out the 99% Invisible feed now and listen to these special episodes.